0: This year is definitely one for the record books. 2020 has indeed been a turbulent time on many fronts given Brexit, the COVID-19 pandemic and the US elections to name but a few. As we approach the end of a year marked with many challenges and uncertainties, there might be a widespread reluctance to make firm plans for 2021. In this Market Matters podcast series, we explore the most prominent economic themes with investment analysts from old mutual multi-managers. They help us make sense of the equity, property, and fixed interest markets, and also share insights on how diversification could be the key to survive next year and beyond. Let's talk now to Nobosiso Nkondoi, who is the head of property and hedge at Old Mutual, having begun her career in financial services in 2006. Uh, Boosie's worked as an investment analyst, as a fund manager, as a portfolio manager, as head of research. That's quite a string of titles going on there, Boosie. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Ian. Thank you for the warm welcome. I am very excited to be here today.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you. Let's get stuck straight in because we're talking property. That's your buzz. And uh, of course, the sector is really... Uh, In the spotlight at the moment in so many different ways, investors are looking at property uh, with the past year, the absolute bloodbath in in, in the sector. We're seeing in the residential sector that people are now opting not to rent, but to buy because interest rates are good. Uh, You know, there's all sorts of interesting stuff happening in the commercial sector, in the industrial sector. So really, I'd like to cover all of these things. Uh, and and chat more about them, but but let's let's take a snapshot, if you will, put up our metaphorical camera, uh, and from your point of view, have a look now at what uh, the property market is doing at the tail end of twenty twenty and COVID. Where where are we at, bussy
1: Yes, Ian. Um, so what you're seeing, really, like you said, I mean, this year has been a very challenging year for local property. Um, there's been largely a, a bloodbath, <laughs> borrowing from from your words. Yeah. And yes, um, the local listed rates, uh space is under pressure and it has been under pressure even before COVID. And this is owing to a number of factors, including the oversupply in the space, specifically the two biggest sectors being retail and office, which account for roughly 80% of the sector. And the low economic growth also means that um, there's poor demand prospects to take up the excess space that we see. All of this continues to fuel a lack of investor interest towards the sector. Investors worry that in the absence of a rebound in economic growth, rental collections are likely to remain under pressure, which doesn't bode well for RITs, cash flows and income growth going forward. On the other hand, we are likely to see COVID-19, which has been playing out for the better part of this year, uh, continue to have a negative impact on long-term rentals and vacancies, Mm. whereas the operating costs are growing at a higher rate than operating income within these rates. But key is that many of these companies have weak balance sheets. That basically means that they have too much debt while there is uncertainty around property valuations which impacts the asset side of the of these companies balance sheets and lastly ian if you just look at local reits um they have benefited from the substantial exposure that the sector has to central eastern europe but this region has had to again contend with lockdowns as a second wave is currently uh hitting europe
0: well that paints a <clears throat> a, a rather bleak picture, I'm afraid, and uh, and I can attest to what you've said. Certainly, from a local point of view, I headed into uh, Central Santon the other day to go and do some work, and um, uh, the uh, the bustle, the hustle and bustle, the busyness of the area was noticeably lower. Um, you know, people mm. are just there are people that are active, certainly, but um, I think office spaces have taken a massive knock. And you look at, at companies. Uh, that have taken massive office spaces. I mean, that landscape is just being demolished. <laughs> it's changing rapidly, isn't it?
1: Yes, definitely, Ian. I mean, with most of us working from home, uh, office is all the more under pressure. And if you just look from a vacancy perspective, we're seeing national vacancies at almost close to all-time highs mm. uh, At within office specifically at around 13% levels. And there are certain nodes that are more under pressure than others, like you mentioned, Sentin, which is the, the most pressured node nationally with vacancies close to 16% levels.
0: So, Busi, the picture really uh, in the commercial sector is not looking terribly good. Uh, but I, I want to take a global view now and have a look at uh, what opportunities might be existing because it's all been uh, a bit of doom and gloom up until now. Where are the where are the green shoots? Where are the opportunities starting to present themselves, if any?
1: Yeah. So despite the negative backdrop that I just painted now, uh, Ian, we have seen both positive and uh, encouraging signs that things are not as bad as initially anticipated. Great. For one, the recovery in rental collection rates has been faster and better than expected and currently sits at about 90% levels. Also with the Reserve Bank having aggressively cut interest rates, we have seen a decline in average borrowing costs, which will support earnings growth in the near term. We are also seeing declines in additional new, uh, new supply across sectors, which is also positive for the sector. And then I I think most importantly, is that most companies are retaining earnings and only paying out the minimum required for them to to retain their rate status. And in some instances, uh, we have seen the likes of HyProp having successfully sold down or sold assets to pay down debt. And maybe just lastly, Ian, I mean, banks have also been very lenient with local rates given the challenging environment. So I believe that all of this is favourable and bodes well for the near-term outlook for the sector.
0: Yeah, the banks are a big one, aren't they? Um, the favourable lending rates, are having a bit of a softer attitude to try and stimulate growth, That that is a big one.
1: Yes, um, certainly the fact that banks have been lenient to local rates is great for the space because it really mm. buys them time to sort out their balance sheets and pay down debt, which is the key risk that is uh, facing the fec- the sector currently.
0: Well, see, I want to turn our attention. You mentioned uh, Eastern Europe uh, just a few minutes ago, and and I want to just just take a global view. Maybe somebody is interested in this as well, and how it all affects us here in South Africa. How does the local sector, our property market, compare to the global sector, uh, specifically from a diversification point of view? Like, I'm interested to see that picture. What what's that in your opinion?
1: Yes, um, I'll use our benchmark for an example, uh, as an example, okay. so our benchmark of choice for local REITs is the FTSE JSE or property index. Okay. And in our view, this offers better diversification than its predecessor, which is the SEPI index. We have seen an improvement in the sector from a regional diversification point of view, mm-hmm. with currently more than thirty percent exposure to Central Eastern Europe and the balance locally. However, there remains a very little diversification at sector level, with retail still accounting for roughly 60% of the sector. While, uh, for an example, the two largest companies uh, make up 30%. And in contrast uh, to what you see globally, you are not only getting regional diversification, but also the opportunity to invest in diverse industries and sectors across the global economy. You are getting exposure to more than 10 different sectors with no single sector making up 20% of the index. And the benefit of the diversification that we see in the global space was again emphasized with the extreme market sell-off that we saw in March on the back of COVID, where there was a huge divergence in terms of sector returns. For an example, you saw that data centers, cell towers, and logistics uh, being cleared beneficiaries during this environment, and really benefiting from e-commerce. And this and these sectors effectively cushioned global rates from the pain that was felt in the other uh, in the other sectors, being retail, logistics, and the office space. Um, so, and and I mean, if you compare to the local space. We have very little to no exposure to these sectors.
0: Interesting. Um, I find that very fascinating in terms of the diversification. And also, uh, if you step back and look at it, uh, the fact that nobody saw that online would take over this year as much as it has and impact those retail uh, investments, really. You know, it's been a complete about-face turn uh, from the beginning mm-hmm. of the year where we were kind of on track in inverted commas before COVID. And now now we sit at the end of the year looking at things completely differently. So I, I'm really interested to know off, off the back of that answer, what might lie ahead? Obviously, you're planning for next year. You've got some thoughts. And I always like to ask people who I chat to to look into their crystal ball and to potentially <laughs> uh, make a prediction uh, as to what you uh, are doing from an old mutual point of view.
1: Yes, Ian, I wish I could sit here and tell you that it's all (laughs) uh, a bed of roses that lies ahead. Yeah, me too. (laughs) However, the path ahead remains challenged and uncertain, Mm. particularly the next two to three years. As I said earlier, as these companies continue to focus on paying down their debt and fixing their balance sheets. And also you need the local economy to start growing again for the operational environment of these companies to improve. So, but we, however, believe that the negative news are more than priced in at current valuation levels with the potential for double digit earnings growth given the low base effects. Investors that are prepared to look through the next four to five years could be handsomely rewarded should there be a re-rating in the sector. Stock picking, however, remains very important going forward here
0: okay uh yeah i think uh, i think you've answered admirably considering the fact that <laughs> you know what's gone on and what is about to go on is is anyone's guess really uh Please. you know we didn't know what was what was to come and we don't know in the next year or so so or even two years as you say so let's hold thumbs i suppose that's the best we can do uh i think uh, everybody locally is trying their best to make a, a, the the best of a bad situation i do hope that 2021 potentially turns out to be a little bit more. Uh, uh, smooth, as opposed to a bumpy ride, and I hope that you uh, you make uh, some very informed decisions that go the right way, Bussy.
1: Thank you, Ian. We are certainly hopeful that um, the challenged environment that these companies are finding themselves in will um, improve going forward. Thank you,
0: head of property and hedge at Old Mutual, Bussy. Thank you so much for being with us today on the podcast. Thanks, Ian. Old Mutual Multi Managers are a specialist investment boutique within the Old Mutual Group, South Africa's largest and most established financial services company. They offer affordable investments that blend together the best of South African and offshore asset managers. Old Mutual Multi Managers is a division of Old Mutual Life Assurance Company South Africa Limited, a licensed financial services provider and life insurer.